Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lily. Too short for this. All right. Hi. Um, I'm Lily. I'm a compulsive overeater, bulimic restrictor. I'm Lily. You all know I'm not Lily, but Lily, I am on the podcast tonight. Um, yeah, I have to remember this is OA, not the Academy Awards. I'm not accepting like a fucking, oh, there I go, cursing. Um, <laughs> that is where I go to, like, um, I was raised kind of thinking that I need to be, not kind of, I had this ideal that I was going to be something super magnificent when I grow up. So I always grew up with that pressure of I need to be perfect. And I still, like, my default thinking, even with, you know, I've been here since 2011, I've had six-plus years of abstinence, my default thinking is always, like, me, 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 do you like me, you need to love me, I need to be perfect, Um, what can I do? Like, just, let's figure that out. Um, And if I'm unsure of it, then, well, let's just obsess and, yeah. That's a huge character defect of mine that I'm currently working on. Because I put myself in some, because of this program, I am able to do the things that I really want to do in my life. And um, like work-wise, career-wise, relationship-wise. So thank God, because that is what I would eat over was life. Um, And binge over, purge, I mean, everything, um, both spectrums of this disease. Um, let's see, what it was like, um, I, that was kind of what it was like growing up. I remember, um, just being very, I was always in my head as a kid. Um, when me and my girlfriends would get ready and go out, I would like, be like, ooh, their eye makeup doesn't look good, so I'm not going to tell them it all look better. Like, that was my thinking, crazy. Like, I just wanted to make sure you, like, I was perfect. Like I was the one. Um, I wanted to be the spotlight and I also wanted you to not see me. So it was very weird. Um, but that's just my, you know, truth growing up. Um, I have a really awesome, loving family. My mom and I had a tough relationship growing up. Uh, she was just, it was always this like back and forth, uh, I guess mother, daughter, but kind of, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I was pretty, I was a rebel child, so anything they told me to do, I'd be like, F off, I'm doing this. And then I was like, you know, so, um, but because of this program, I have an amazing relationship with my mom. She's my best friend, like my whole family. I can tell them, like, we never said we loved each other growing up. I now feel comfortable saying I love you. I uh, used to not be able to do that. So, um, And I didn't, growing up, I didn't really think I had, I didn't really have a problem with food. I was athletic, uh, had friends. I, you know, the focus was everything, of everything was food, though. Like, after school, it was, like, Chipotle or, like, Cheerios and just 
sit in front of the TV and, you know, I didn't think anything of it because it wasn't a problem. Um, and then I started to, uh, I was hanging out with some guys and it, this was towards the end of high school and I remember one told the guy I was dating that I was gaining weight and he told me, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, what? Like, unacceptable, what is, like, no. So I, uh, I kind of, it was just in the back of my head, but didn't really do anything about it. Um, and then when I was 18, I moved to Los Angeles for, um, a career, and then I, that, like, off to the races. It was just like, okay, um, salmon is in asparagus, we'll eat that every night, we'll eat egg whites every morning, we'll eat salad, like, it was just like, how can I get the cleanest food and try and control my body? And, um, I would go out, and, you know, in LA, there's a lot of pretty people and <laughs> thin people and I would just uh, I would just be like comparing every single body part I mean every time I went out it was like are her legs bigger than mine or is her I mean it was just like crazy and I remember I had a job and I was just like I can't even tell you much about the job because it was all about comparing my outsides to everybody else's bodies like it was I was miserable um so I couldn't stick to the clean eating I would always end up uh binging and I was like what the hell is wrong with me like I like I just didn't know um it was a thing and I was like okay well I'll just get this under control and I spent many years trying to get that under control and um tried using drugs um let's see here um I've done hypnotism I've done many diets I've uh, tried not eating, which doesn't work, but I would, I was a very good restrictor. Um, I've gotten, uh, surgery, liposuction. I've taken fentramine. I hoarded fentramine for a very long time and was like, this is the key. I'll just stay on fentramine and then like, I'll be good. And, uh, the fentramine just stopped working because I just would binge on it. Um, that was that was fun, and I just felt like my whole world was crashing down. So um, I remember I would like a lot of my time was spent in my car, looking at my apartment with food in my car, just binging and crying and uh, going upstairs to get rid of it. And um, one night I went to Ralph's probably around three a.m. because I would start binging and then the binge purge would last till like four in the morning and then I would fall asleep and wake up the next morning or not morning day and just feel completely demoralized. Um, I think we all know that feeling of just like waking up feeling awful and just, um, like I, I never wanted to die. Like I didn't want to kill myself, but I was just like, this is awful. Like if I'm going to go to the grave with this, like, I'm effed. I just, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was around, like, probably 3 a.m., went to the local wraps, got a, I was like, I'll just get one donut. They didn't have one donut. They only had a dozen. So I was like, okay, I'll just get a, a dozen. And, of course, I sat in my car, and at that point, it was like, I called my mom, and I was like, 
I'm eating a dozen donuts in my car, and I cannot stop. Um, and she was like, just throw them away, honey. You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I could if I would. And I was, um, I was the yo-yoer, you know, with the weight. Um, I was always focused on my weight. It was like up 20, down 10, down 15, up 30. It was like, it was that whole thing. And my life revolved around the scale. I remember going to like the local um, diet thing and I would like make sure I had not eaten in like a very long time that all my body's stuff was not there and I was like no shoes they'd be like you can keep your shoes on I was like Mm-mm. like taking these shoes off I need to know like so um just yeah so um and like I would bring my mom would come out here and I'd be like uh, mom I have a, a work thing in Encino and I'd really be going to a doctor in Encino Encino for shots and Fedramine, and I would lie and tell them I'm like doing this crazy thing and I need to be skinny for it. And they were like, okay, um, crazy. Um, so, anyway, I was sitting in that Ralph's or in my car and talking to my mom. And um, I actually have a diary that I wrote, and I, I look at it sometimes, it just kind of brings me back to what it was like. Um, and I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was just like, wow, um, really grateful for this program. Um, and anyway, I my mom kind of heard enough of me talking about food and body, and she's like, she researches everything, and she's like, I found this thing online, it's called OA, and Overeaters Anonymous, and I was like, ooh, uh, absolutely not, like, I have, you know, things going on, I just have this food thing, I'm not going to Overeaters Anonymous, like, that's insane. So, of course, I did more binging and all the fun things, and came in here on my knees, and, like, there are some old-timers here that'll, like, I was at a meeting sharing, and they were like, um, man, when you came in, you did not want to be here. I was like, I came in with my extensions and like cool shoes and I was like I'm here for a minute and I am leaving like you guys are really not cool Um, (laughs) and you know because I wanted to be cool Um, but uh, I the seed was planted like I heard people talk about what I did with food, and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, I am not alone. That's insane. That's insane. You guys do the same stuff I do? Like, and um, I left, of course, and then, because I heard you guys talking about God and doing work, and God forbid I had to do any work, because I just, you know, wanted to get things for free, and um, not have to work for And then um, came back, after a really demoralizing trip in New York, I mean, I was binging the whole time. I was with my family. I can't tell you anything. My brother graduated from culinary arts school, which was like, come on, like, I just just remember, like, not, like, going back and forth from the little booths and being like, who's watching me? You know, how many can I get in? Is there a bathroom? You know, so came back, and I was like, fine, I will do this OA thing, and I 
came here and I came to this meeting actually and I was like, uh, somebody asked me if I had a sponsor and I was like, no, like not planning on having one. And they're like, oh, well, she sponsors. I was like, shoot. So um, started working with a sponsor and we walked outside of this building and she was like, so like, what do you do? Like, what's your, what's your situation? And I was like, well, I can't stop binging and I throw up sometimes, but it's like not a lot. So I'm not, I'm not a bulimic, but and she was like, she looked at me, she's like, you're a bulimic. Like, no, like <laughs> you just don't throw up your food and not be a bulimic. So it's like, okay, fine. So that was a really like, oh, okay, point for me. And uh, I started working the steps. She told me like, get to a meeting every day, do a 30 and 30, five meetings a week, commitments. Uh, call me every day, call three people every day, get here early, leave late, um, sit in the front, raise your hand, meet other women, and that just sounded terrible. <laughs> like, why, like, putting a chair away, like, um, and for some reason that would help me to stop eating and throwing up and being crazy with the food. I just did not get that. But I was so desperate, and I always, like, the gift of desperation that we hear in here is just so um, big for me because it's what kept me, it, it's what got me to do the work. If I was not desperate, I would have just peaced out again. So um, if you're struggling, if you're new, you know, great. Just, and I know it sucks, but it will pass, and just keep coming back, and um, it does get better. There is a solution. So, um, lost track of thought. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So started doing the things. Still was binging after every meeting. Uh, <clears throat> took me a year to stop throwing up. Still was binging. I nannied at the time, and that was just horrific. Um, I yeah um, would eat. I would put those kids to bed. Actually, I'd start eating when I got there. Sorry, no. Uh, and if I didn't, I would after they went to bed. So, um, yeah, and when I first came in, I was, like, really struggling. I moved out here, and I was just like, I want to do this thing. But I need to make money. So I was just doing, like, so many different jobs. And I was so, I mean, I, I was young. I, I, but I, I really learned how to be a woman of integrity in here, like, I now have an amazing job that I make good money at, that I'm excelling at, that excites me. And it's such a God shot because, like, I would have never, I just, I can't imagine how that, um, it's just God. Um, and I'm also pursuing that same creative career that uh, is scares the F out of me every single moment, but I still do it because this program teaches me to walk through the discomfort and that, um, you know, other people, the results, that, like, that's God's business. That's none of my business. So I, it, this program applies to every aspect of my life, and um, without it, I am not present to anything, to anyone. I cannot be of service, and I learned that, like, being of service was very important in this room, and before it was like, no, like, what can I, you know, it's a very self-centered disease, and I didn't think I was self-centered when I came in, 
Um, but when, you know, I'm thinking about food and body every day, it's, uh, I'm thinking about myself. So, um, I learned in here that to get out of myself, I need to be of service, call people, call the newcomer, even if I don't want to. There's like, there's no, I don't usually, I mean, now I do, I want to do things in this program, but before it was like, I did not want to do any of it, but I just did it because the other option was this vicious cycle of um, you know, help. Uh, so I'm like skipping around a lot. So, um, yes, uh, I was still on and off. I gave up sugar the first year of abstinence because if I touched that, I would be off. I would be like, I mean, that's what I went to. I, um, that was my go-to like desserts and whatnot. So I, I took a year off of that and then, um, my first year of abstinence and then I started having it again and it was fine for a while until it wasn't. Um, as a restrictor and a bulimic, I had to bring foods in because I had so many rules. It was like, I wouldn't eat almonds with avocado because it was in a salad because it was too much fat. Like I was just insane. Like I would calculate everything and like a banana, like you know, all this stuff. And um, so the spot, my sponsor at the time was like, have it. Like, and I did. And it was great. And um, um, I just kept listening to what she had to say. And then, you know, uh, years went by and the sugar, like, became very clear to me. It was like, I always imagined it as this, like, light bulb. And it just got dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And I was like... Okay, I am. I'm gonna relapse, which my bottom line is no purging. If I continue on this path, um, so I, my sponsor, one day was like, um, you know, I really think you're not like. I don't. She didn't say this, but like giving your life the chance that it could because you're eating sugar, and I, it just kind of hit me. And I mean, I, I was still like, f you, I'm gonna eat sugar because it has to get bad enough for me to want to change. Um, and uh, so one day at a time, by the grace of God, I uh, stopped eating sugar. I haven't had sugar in like, I think it's been almost two years now. And that just works for me. I don't want to mess with it. Um, I don't miss it. It just makes me body obsessed anyway. The times that it was kind of okay, you know, like I just don't have um, that tolerance anymore I feel like, hopefully, um, for that kind of uh, mental obsession. So, um, hmm. I tend to do this a lot. I like talk, and then I'll stop and think. Where was I? Uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess I, I was talking about that. I'll... Uh, I have a meal plan, which really helps just guide me. I do three meals a day, two optional snacks. Um, I've traveled to, you know, Bali and had three meals, two optional snacks there, um, which uh, that was, like, my first trip that far in abstinence. And, like, I got to bring you all with me and, like, I, like, set a timer and like on the plane which was like a million hours like every so often it would go off and I'd be like oh it's my snack time or whatever like it and then the rest was like you know um and 
I remember in Hong Kong, there was, like, breakfast, and it was, like, noodles and potatoes and, or, like, all this really heavy stuff. And I was, like, but I, you know, I, my abstinence comes first. So I, like, went to the other place. I got fruit there, this there, and I just make it work because I can't eat, like, noodles for breakfast. I know I'll be insane on the plane, and, like, I'll have to do, like, twice as much journaling, and i just rather not. So... Um, yeah, like little things like that. Like when I put this program first, um, miracles happen. Um, when I don't put this program first, I am crazy. And um, this like past couple of weeks have actually like been um, interesting. Uh, just like with work stuff, I've, I've and I, I got out of like a, I mean, we were together for like seven years, but like five, seven year relationship, and I'm learning to be on my own in, in, in here and um, in the world. And I am like, uh, it's uncomfortable. Um, and I'm also like taking on some new uh, endeavors, and it's just like, um, You know, I wanted, like, I've brought back in, like, or not brought back in, but I've added some things to my dinner to take the edge off. And, um, or, like, you know, had more food. You know, I'm a compulsive overeater. I overeat still. I'm not, it's not perfect. Um, So, you know, when that happens, I just know that the solution is not to change my food it's not to work out more it's like uh, it's here I come to more meetings and it's like my sponsor reminded me of like what a blessing that is that we just like get to go somewhere and get relief like there's so many people unfortunately who have this who um like the solution is like another diet or another you know and it's like wow I just get to come here and up my service and you know pray and it gets relieved and um, my worst day in here is a million times better than my worst day outside of this program. Um, I exercise moderately. Um, that was never a thing. It was either like two days or no days. And like now it's just like I go when I want and I have fun and. Um, my body has completely taken care of itself. Like, when I focus on my body, I eat more. And when I just let go, let God, and, and, um, and work this program, I don't have to control my body. Um, so, I wake up in the morning, and I read from the big book on acceptance, page 417. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems. And that really puts my head in a good place um, because I can find a lot of things wrong all the time. All the time. It's my first thought. Something's wrong. Something's negative. Something's bad. I'm not enough. Blah, 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 blah. And the second thought is higher power. It's like, oh, well, that's that's a feeling, not a fact. So I I read that. I read page 86 um, upon awakening. And I did that for like 30 days when I first came in, and it was really helpful. So um, I read that, and each time I read it, I like get something new out of it. And all the literature, every time I read it, something new comes out. 
Um, and then I read the first three steps, and I read out of the Forge Day, Voices of Recovery, and then um, another program book. And I do my thing. I go I, and I pray in the car on my way to work. Um, talk to fellows, call people throughout the day, and like I just learned to integrate this into everything. Like if my boss says something funny, I'm like texting, you know, a fellow. Like my boss looked at me funny. Blah 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 blah. You know, so it's like I turn everything over to you guys. I lean on you so much, and it's um, I can't imagine doing this alone. Um, so, what time is it? I feel like nobody took, uh, there wasn't many people taking things. Happy birthday, Roy. Um, it's really incredible. I need people like you in the rooms to, uh, uh, yeah, big book, um, reminders and all of that, uh, long timers in here. So, thank you for keep, you know, coming back and welcome to everybody else. I'm going to, like, pretend like I'm starting the meeting over again. Um, <laughs> That's just, yeah. Okay, so what else do I want to talk about? Um, hmm, I really feel like nothing is coming to me at the moment. And that's okay. Hmm. Um, I don't know. How much time do I have left? Can I take questions? Okay. Uh, wait, let me think of anything else I wanted to say. <laughs> I'm okay, let's take questions. Thank you. What's your favorite step and why? What's my favorite step and why? This is good. I'm glad I took questions. <laughs> um, because I'm just my, yeah, my brain will go off. Um, what is my favorite step and why? I have a lot of uh, favorite steps. One, three, ten, and eleven. One is like every day, powerless. I can apply it to everything. Two or three, um, every day, I have to turn my will, my life over to God. And God for me is, um, it's just an energy a source that I go to that has just always got my back. It's got things planned out for me that I could never imagine with my human brain. It's love. It's nature. It's animals. It's things that, like, I heard somebody say, like, I can't stop the ocean from crashing, and that really just helped me think of something. Like, there's something greater. And for a while, it was the rooms as well. So I turn my life over to that power. Um, Ten, I have to do an inventory. Uh, Every night before I go to bed, I send it to my sponsor. Uh, Because I am resentful and fearful about a lot of things. Like when I'm really living life the way I am today, uh, it's scary. It's scary. Uh, So I I turn over like my fears, my... Um, everything that's going on, I do four steps if I resent somebody and pray for them. Um, cool, ten minutes. And then, um, yeah, so that's really important for me to, like, clean slate or else I'm carrying it the next day, and that's just uh, will show up on my plate um, and in my head. Um, yeah, those were the steps. Mm. 
11. I did say 11. Thank you, Vita. Um, uh, 11. Yeah, no, every day, uh, conscious contact. If I'm not in conscious contact with my higher power, uh, I am self-will one run riot. And that is extremely painful. Could I talk about my um, role as a sponsor? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, sponsorship is, it's not like, um, it's, it's, it's extremely rewarding, and I have a sponsor who has a sponsor who has a sponsor, you know, and I have sponsees, and when I get a call from them, um, it completely takes me out of myself, and that is a huge gift, um, and that's why I love calling newcomers, too, it's because, like, I get to just, uh, be reminded, and I'm usually, I say something that I need to hear, like, every time, so, um, it's very important, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, like, I will be, like, oh, I don't have time to answer, but I, but I do, because I'm, like, if I don't, I, I can't afford to, um, you know, not, because, uh, yeah, just don't want to slip, so it's very important to me, I love my sponsors. My favorite tool. Uh, what is my favorite tool? That would be a phone. Probably a lot of you know, because uh, I talk to you all the time. Uh, I text, call all the time. If something's up, I just uh, don't want to keep it in his brain for very long. Uh, and then I would say prayer. Um, yeah. How did I give up sugar? Um, I ate sugar until I didn't want to eat sugar again. Like, I it, I just ate it until I got, I guess not didn't want to eat it, but I just got so, um, I was starting to think thoughts that, you know, when I first came in, and it was really humbling. Like, I wanted to call in fat. I didn't want to show up. I was isolating. I was just in so much obsession. It just got... It got bad enough that I just was willing to not have it for the day. And then I I actually called my first sponsor, and she said it's like, she she made it sound like a, it is like a, like a drug. I mean, for some people, some people can eat sugar fine. Uh, what works for you might not work for me, so take what you want, leave the rest. But... Uh, she described it as like a drug, and when it gets out of your system, you won't crave it anymore. And I was like, oh, interesting. So like, it kind of became like this little like, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have it for today. And like, I, I kind of just knew like I could trust that. Like, it, it does, the obsession does leave, and it will become like not an option, not a problem. So uh, her experience, and I, I just kept calling people too, and. Um, her experience, though, particularly, really helped me because I heard somebody else got out of it and was in a similar position. So, um, yeah, that gave me hope. And then just one day at a time, and now it's like not an option. Just you know. How do I handle body stuff and perfectionism without going to the food? Um, Body stuff, staying out of mirrors, uh, committing to not to look in a mirror <laughs> to a fellow. Um, 
um, perfectionism, same thing, like, making an action plan, you know, it's like, I get to do this, and then I'm done, like, bookending something with fellows, um, writing about it, putting it in a God box, um, I'm constantly having to do that because my perfectionism is crazy right now, so, um, yeah, I, I, I turn it over to to the women in here and just trust that my higher power's got something and uh, if I get out of it, then I'll get to see what that is. Yeah. How do I handle my defects of character? Um, uh, pray. I turn it over my higher power um, I talk about it honestly I just I'll talk about it with you guys until it's lifted and then it will come back and I'll have to write about it and do the same thing again it, it, it's just this you know they keep coming back they're not done and I'm in accept or, you know for today I'm in acceptance that um, character defects were they were once very helpful to me like, my ego was very helpful at one point, and my um, perfectionism was very helpful at one point, and now I get to just approach it with, like, a really, like, this program has taught me to be really gentle and loving. Like, I don't even use should, could, like, would, that kind of thing, um, bad, good, with food, with anything. So, um I, yeah, I turn it over. I, I just call you guys, write about it, pray about it. What's been my biggest challenge in recovery and how have I overcome it? Hmm. Right now, I, I don't know if I can say in my entire recovery, but right now it's, uh, right now it's perfectionism and people-pleasing. Um, that has been up and it's the same thing honestly for me it's just talking about it calling people hearing your experience strength and hope helps me to feel not alone and it it lessens it it's like takes the power away from it um, and I guess the other one would be to stop binging I mean that was incredibly hard for me and I just kept coming back and doing the tools and, you know, God's timing, it, it, it you know, it's lifted uh, one day at a time. I don't know what tonight brings, but for right now. How do I handle very painful feelings? Um, I feel the pain. Uh, before it was just like food or men or you know whatever the thing was and now I uh I feel it and I kind of just step away from it and you know see it for what it is and that it's not it does not define me um and then I call somebody <laughs> call somebody write about it um and then it passes yeah. 
I'm a very simple answer. Sorry, I wish I had thought of more. Ten step. That's a great question. I do a AEIOU, and um, when somebody first suggested that in the beginning, I did not like it. And uh, it said, like, E in there for exercise. And at that point, I was very sensitive to exercise. So I was like, I can't do this because I can't answer yes or no. Um, and now I can, and I love it. A um, is, like, I guess abstinence, but it's where I write my food. Uh, and I write everything I had that day. And there was a time when, like, when I was in the sugar, it was, like, a oh, wrap-up. It was, like, I would write it all. Cookies. Blah, blah, blah. Now it's, you know, my food. Um, A E or yeah, did I exercise? I what did I do for myself? O what did I do for others? U what did I uncover? That's where I list. Uh, I'll wrap up. And then uh, what am I grateful for? And my did well. So, anyways, thanks for letting me share. Yeah.